Welcome to Fly on the Wall, a podcast where you have the opportunity to listen in on a live coaching conversation. Please make sure to like and subscribe. And now for today's episode. Welcome to Fly on the Wall. Today we're talking with Pastor Kent Bernard from Grace Outreach in New Mexico, and we're talking about making tough decisions. Let's join in the conversation. How can I serve you? What's on your mind? Basically, with when you're making tough calls, yeah. Oh, um, kind of what do you have any processes that you go through before you make a tough call? In other words, do you talk to other people? Do you, you know, I'm sure you pray about it and stuff, but yeah. I don't know if there was any processes that you had personally that you try to go through before you make, because I've, I've made a couple of tough calls and even later on kind of like even regretted that I made them mm. uh, or maybe I should have gone through a different process. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I do. Let me ask you, when you say you regretted them, um, why did you regret them? What happened that caused the regret? Um, Some of it was probably uh, the tough call may not have needed to be made like I thought it needed to and uh, may have jumped the gun a little fast uh, too soon. Um, Maybe some of the ramifications that happened as a result you know, you get uh, you get some you get some of those that happen when you make a tough call in the church or whatnot. So that would be some of the regret. You know, you can't you can't avoid that, I guess, all the time when when you make a tough call, somebody's going to get disappointed or upset or leave the church or whatever. Right. Uh, but that's why I was asking, what processes, you know, would you go through the board? Would you talk to some some friends? Uh, obviously prayer, but, uh, you know, what, yeah. what, what pitfalls can I avoid by gleaning from somebody else yeah. next time? No, that's great. That's a great question. Uh, yeah. Cause I think in, you know, obviously in leadership, there's, there's no way avoiding tough calls. That's part of being a leader. You know, mm-hmm. you, you make, you have to, a leader has to make the tough call. Uh, I've had a few opportunities to hang out with Maxwell. And I remember one time, uh, we were sitting down together, hanging out, having a cup of coffee. And, and I asked him, um, what do you think separates great leaders from good leaders? And uh, one of the first things he said was the ability to make the tough call. Mm-hmm. And he's more often than not, Kent, I think, and again, there are times where you regret it. I get that. But more often than not, we regret not making the tough call. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to establish that because um, our fear is that we're going to make a tough call and then it's going to have backlash and it's not going to go right. Did we make the right call? And I get that. And I think there's a process. We'll talk about that in a second, but more often than not, at least it's in my experience, more often than not, when talking with pastors and leaders, they regret not making the call. Right. They regret waking, waiting too long. They regret right. all the ramifications that have built up. Okay, could have solved it over here, or at least could have dealt with it over here, and the damage would have been this. Now I dealt with it over here, and the damage is this. Uh, so the damage only gets greater. I always say, you pay now or you pay later. Yeah. But if you pay later, you'll always pay more. <clears throat> <laughs> you know, it's like you keep on waiting. Well, okay, but uh, but uh, if you're not, if you don't make that tough call, so more often than not, I think the tough call is not made, or it's made too late. Wow. And I agree with Maxwell. I think one of the greatest things that separate great and good leaders is the ability to make a tough call. Uh, with all that said, I would say first is, um, and I, I just wrote a book 
uh, uh, saving your church from itself. I don't know if you read it or whatever, but it's, it is all about noticing that toxic behavior when it's, when it's here a little bit lower before it becomes too big. So kind of walking through that tough choice, I think part of it is before you even get into the board and prayer and all that, part of that is, I think as leaders, we have to recognize, is there a subtle behavior happening? You know what I'm talking about. You've been there where a staff member's like, you know, you're like, man, they've got a little bit of an attitude. They're, 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 they're not following through. They're having this back office talk. They're being a little negative. They're hurting people. I find myself trying to apologize on their behalf or, or I can see them in staff, the way they roll their eyes, whatever it is. And you're, and if we don't deal with it here, then we're going to end up with greater problems. So I think one of the one of the biggest things is even backing up even farther than this question, kind of kind of reverse engineering it and saying, "Hey, when you notice there's a problem, address the problem." Mm-hmm. Uh, and it might be really small, like, "Hey, Tom, uh, I've noticed that, man, you don't you come with more problems than you do solutions in the board in the staff meetings lately." Mm-hmm. I've noticed that. I don't know. It kind of seems like you're talking a little bit and, you know, can you speak into that? Can you help me? Like to, I think we fear addressing it up front. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, if if you use the word cancer, it's like, well, it's one cell right now. It won't be a month from now. (laughs) It'll be more, you know, and so deal with it. Uh, So I think that's one thing. Second thing is in that, in those tough decisions as we move with them, if I feel, if I, it's been my experience. If I feel like I had that conversation early on and I went back and revisited again, as it heats up, I normally, for me, I bring a second person in on it. I probably don't on the first one. I feel like it's more of a casual conversation. I bring someone else in on the second one. I've got three coaches in my life uh, and I run everything by them. One of them I've had for 12 years as a coach. Uh, And so I'm, I run it by them. What do you think? Here's what I'm feeling. Um, and if, if, the, uh, typically for me, that's what I do. Now, the bigger the organization gets, I might run it by the board or I might not. It depends on the board's setup. If the board is staff driven, board supported, I probably don't bring it up. Uh, if it's board driven, then that's a different thing. Um, I don't, but for me personally, I try to manage the tension up there as it, when it's over here, when it gets a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger, I bring someone in, have them sit in that conversation with them. Uh, so there's a third person. If it heats up even more, I'm thinking I've got to make some sort of pretty tough call here, or I've got to lay down some pretty big hammer. I definitely go to my coaches on the outside. Mm-hmm. I, I he, Here's why I like coaches on the outside. It's not always, I'm not saying it's perfect, but coaches on the outside help you see reality without emotion right someone on the inside well they're connected to so-and-so they you know if they if we tick them off it's going to be like 10 families that leave uh, you know and so that kind of varies in how we make a decision man when you're on the outside looking in you pretty much make the right decision a lot of times because right. you're, free, you're free of emotion like, yeah. you don't have to think about all the ramifications you just know this is the right thing to do now it's harder to be the person to make that decision. You know what that's like. I can look at you. You can look at me, Kent, and go, hey, you need to make this decision. I'm like, oh, yeah, but you don't understand. You know, it's like, well, it's easy when you're on the outside. But the, the unique thing is the person on the outside, I'm not saying every time, but quite often it's right. Yeah. 
because it's free of emotion. So that's what I do. I just I start with the early toxic, try to deal with it. If it heats up, I bring someone in. If it heats up even more, that's why I have coaches on the outside to help them make, help me make decisions that are not based on emotion and people pleasing and all of that stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's so, good. Yeah. Good. It sounded like though, that um, just the communication part of it is, is so key, especially with the person that you are either having some conflict with. Right. The, so the, the communication is, is key. And I, I agree with that a hundred percent. I think yeah. that I try to preach that myself with our staff is to communicate if there's any issues or any problems you know we've got to communicate because if we don't communicate the enemy gets a, a foothold in there and and uh, messes things up so, yeah. yeah yeah and you know i mean and and when there's emotion involved you know um whatever maybe we've known the staff member or the person for a long time or they're connected to a lot of people or whatever the emotion is involved we tend to, to delay the conversation and we tend to increase our level of toleration. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we're tolerating. It's like, we should never be tolerating this. Yeah. But we do because we have this emotion involved, this, this challenge involved, this, they're connected to a bunch of people involved, whatever it is. And you know, you've heard me say this before, you cannot change what you choose to tolerate. Right. And, uh, yeah. and you you, you want to change, but you're choosing to tolerate it. It isn't going to happen. Right. Not change what you choose to tolerate. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was some of the, when I said that, you know, maybe some of the regret or decisions that I regretted in the past, maybe some of the regret was not communicating properly. Uh, even with those people, you know, you right. just, right. You, you wait, like you said, or whatever. And so, you know, those are, that's important for, for me to, to continue to remember the process of communication is so vital. Mm, yep. uh, and maybe you can even save that relationship if you've communicated the right way, because uh, what do they say? Expectations without uh, communication leads to frustrations that. Yep. Yep. And yep. Uh, so sometimes the expectations you think are there from, from all sides, everybody knows what's going on and that may not be the case. Yeah. But even just communicating and just kind of laying down the law one-on-one -on -one sometimes and just saying, Hey, you know, this is my expectation yeah. here. I want to give you that opportunity to, to change uh, what's going on or give me to understand why it's not, you know, why it's not going the way that we, we talked about it going or whatever and stuff. So yeah. let me ask you when you, when, when you look back over the years and you delayed at times on a tough conversation or you delayed, We've all done it mm -hmm. for you personally. I can't speak for anybody else, but for you personally, what was the reason for the delay? What inside of you was like, oh, man, you, you feel like you showed a little weakness. Or you feel like you weren't as strong. What was the reasoning for the delay on that tough conversation? Probably, probably multiple reasons. I think sometimes um, I'm not one that likes conflict. So I think that's number one. Uh, I, would like for people just to kind of do what I expect them to do <laughs> and without me having to confront them about right, it. Right. And uh, so when those conversations do have to happen, uh, you know, they're not usually fun. Yeah. I try to, I always try to handle it with love and respect as much as possible. I think that I 
I, I do pretty well with that, but I still don't like to have the, the conflict. Right. Um, then sometimes you are wondering if things go bad, what's going to be the um, repercussions. Yeah. This conversation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I know from even what's happened in the past few years with different conversations that have taken place and right. tough calls that have had to be made and stuff where you see some things coming that you don't want to see happen, but yet they, they happen. So, so you, you I don't like conflict. Uh, I, I definitely would rather everybody just get along, you know, can't, can't we all just get along? Either <laughs> I'm a good person and love me and stay in our church and all those different things. But that's also, that's one of the main things I think that keeps you from making, from me from making tough calls is if the fear of repercussions, what's going to happen when you make this tough call, even though it really needs to be made for the good of a ministry or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That last part that you said there, Kent, I think it's so important for all of us to remember is you said for the good of the ministry. Here's what I've learned with tough conversations, many times tough decisions, tough conversations. When once you finally do that, here's what I've learned is often the organization will win and the leader will lose. Mm. Right? It's, like, mm. it's better for the organization. There's no doubt. This is the right move for the organization. This will make us better it's not good for me yeah but it's good for the organization and that to me is such a tough spot but i think you know part of being a leader is defining reality the reality is good decision and it will be good for the organization it's the right thing for the organization the organization will win the leader will lose Mm -hmm. and man does that happen often doesn't it yeah yeah Yeah. and yeah those tough calls kind of create that so yeah. yeah Yeah. yeah. Another thought about that is just what would you say? I mean, I obviously have my own opinions about this, but how do you know when you need to make that tough call? Hmm. Uh, well, I think every situation is a little different. There's no doubt about that. Um, there, yeah, there's no doubt that every situation is different, but um, making that tough call. Um, couple thoughts. One thing I always say is that you're in front of the eight ball when they still care about the relationship with you. Mm-hmm. You're behind the eight ball when they no longer care about the relationship with you. Mm. I would I would choose first, that's one thing, is I want to start making that tough call when they actually still care about the relationship with me. Mm-hmm. Once I get behind the eight ball and they don't care anymore, that's a recipe for disaster because what do they care? Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't care what, what you say. Uh, so that's one thing I think that I, that I know when that, that tough call is the second thing is when I feel like, you know what, I've, I've, I've let it breathe. I can check my own heart and know that I haven't delayed because of fear. I haven't delayed because of people pleasing. I haven't delayed because of repercussions. Um, I know that, but I've already had one or two conversations with them and now it's time to heat it up, mm. uh, whatever that heating up looks like but I've already had a couple of pretty solid conversations with them. Um, um, and then the other one is just knowing that my outside coaches uh, are in alignment with me on the thought process. Sure. Um, but I, but that first one's important. I, I, I watch guys work in a relationship and then it gets worse and worse. And I'm like, make the call, dude, make the call. And then all of a sudden this guy doesn't care anymore about the relationship. That's when it can go really bad because what does he care? how he okay. responds to you. What does he care if he slams you on social media, tells a bunch of people how bad you are? 
He doesn't care about the relationship anymore. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's an important part. If the guy has any sense of like, you know what? If you can think, man, if this continues for three, three more months, two more months, this relationship, he's not going to care anymore. Um, the other thing I would say is in the tough call, I would add one more thing in making that tough call is are other leaders starting to question me? Mm. They, everybody sees it. Everybody sees that's a problem. Everybody sees that's an issue. And I always say when we, when we delay in making the tough decision, the stronger leaders begin to question us. And I think that's another dangerous place to be is when the stronger leaders start questioning you. Absolutely. Yeah. And they may not do that verbally, you know, but I think if you stop and think long enough, you're, you, I think people can look, I, I've had that happen one thing and I think they're starting to question me. They haven't said anything, but I'm like, how could they not? Wow. Yeah. yeah. How could they not secretly question me? Right. Because I'm, I'm not handling what is obviously a problem. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the things that I, Yeah. It's yeah. important to make the tough call. I, I like what you said about the uh, going to your uh, to your uh, coaches and stuff, though, because you know the scripture says in the multitude of counselors there's safety. Yep. And, uh, I think that that's important. Just to yeah, that's why I said I just wanted to kind of yep. get your thoughts on some cu- tough call decisions. Not that I really have any tough calls to make right yep. now, but I have had plenty in the past, and uh, you know there have been some regrets, and I think you're answering some of those questions that we're even talking about uh, how to avoid some of the regret yeah. because of handling some situations where you wish you'd have done things a little bit differently. And I would imagine most, there's probably most uh, uh, leaders would probably say they wish they would have handled something a little differently here or there, but if we can avoid the pitfalls, that's what I'd like to do in the future for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, I hope that helps. Um, I, I think that if you, Keep those things in mind. I think all of us need to keep that in mind. Making the tough calls, whether we're facing one right now or not, it's coming. There's another one coming. It always right. happens. That's part of leadership. But um, I, I think that last part of our conversation is important. When you know you're making the call, I think one, like you said, multiple counsel and in, 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 in the multiple being, you know, the outside voices, um, the coach that you have in your life, that kind of thing. Secondly, again, is, man, do they even care about the relationship with you? And then thirdly is, and, and again, they're not going to voice it to you, but is the team members beginning to look at you and questioning, why is he mm-hmm. taking care of that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's pretty obvious it's a problem. Uh, and I, I, I've been there where I probably waited too long and probably had some leaders questioning me and probably damaged my reputation as a strong leader. I've been there. And uh yeah. But it's, um, I think we let fear get in the way. We let people pleasing, repercussion. What happens if this, what happens if that? And um, I love what my coach told me one time. He said, Chris, what decision would you make right now if it was absolutely free of damage? Mm. And I said, oh, and and he's, and I instantly had one. And he said, then that's the one you need to make. Wow. You're just, you're putting all this, ever the ramifications involved. But if you already know what it is, and but you're putting all this other emotion attached to it, it's still the right decision. Right. Well, let me let me ask a question about. So when you have maybe a leader or so that maybe has questioned that you didn't make a call soon enough or didn't do it the way they thought that it should have been done, what what would you kind of go about dealing with that person? Yeah. 
That's a great question. Because, uh, because I, think, I think sometimes, once again, that you're even if you're making the call the way you think that it needs to be made and they're questioning how you're making it, they think it should be done a different way. Right. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, a couple things. Um, I, I think that's going to happen more often than not. Um, uh, I think it's going to happen uh, because I think people have their own individualistic ideas. Um, first, I think you have to be able to, with confidence, know I did make the right decision. And I did make the right decision because I thought about it. I prayed about it and I sought some coaching and I'm, I'm making the right decision and I'm handling it the right way. Uh, one, for sure. It's a, it's a, my opinion, it's a Matthew 18 moment. Hey, whoever, Tom, Bob, whatever. I, I know that you're not, it seems that you're not thrilled with the conversation and the decision that I made. I did seek counsel and I moved forward with it. And um, I understand that you may not agree. Uh but I need you to stand with me. Uh, I can't have you, uh, you know, you can disagree with me privately. I can't have you doing it publicly. And, but I need your support and I need you walking with me. Um, I think it's just, again, back to what you said at the very beginning, Kent, is just honest conversation. Um, if, if there is a decision that was made that you thought, ah, they might've been a little bit right. You know, maybe I was a little wrong. And now it's like, now you're going to them, not asking them to line up with you. You're, you're going them going, realizing, I think, I think you got to own it at that point mm -hmm. and just say, Hey, you know what? Um, I sought some counsel. I thought I was making the right decision and I probably wasn't right. And uh, mm -hmm. I think part of it was right. Part of it wasn't. However, whatever part you have to own. So one is for sure you confront the person. If it's like they're not confront, that sounds bad, but have a conversation with the person. Hey, I know that I made a decision. Maybe you didn't agree with and, and, but I need your support. I can't have you. And I'm not saying they're doing that, but I can't have you doing this. But then the other part is owning. And I, I, I hear, I'll say this. I tell pastors all the time and leaders when I coach them, own what you need to own. It is amazing how much respect you gain when you own it. Mm -hmm. It's funny. Cause I was telling a guy a while back, I'm like, Hey dude, you got to own it. He goes, man, he goes, if I own it, they're, they're going to know I made a mistake. I go, they already know. <laughs> <laughs> they already know you blew it, dude. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you just own it, they'll respect you for owning it. Yeah. You, you can redeem some value here. You just come in and go, I blew it. I know that I made a mistake and uh, um, I'm going to do better, but I made a mistake uh, or whatever. I think when you own it to the staff member or even sometimes to the staff, where it's like, I haven't made tough calls. I've been a people pleaser. I, I, I'm let you guys know that I'm working on it. I think people think that's a sign of weakness. I'm thinking you gain a lot of equity by doing that. And you're not surprising anyone. It's not like anybody's going, really? Wow, we didn't know that about you. They all know it. <laughs> but they're just not telling you. Uh, and you gain a lot of equity in it. So, wow, that's man. good. Yeah. Hey, I hope you found that helpful, man. Uh, Very helpful. Yeah, dude. Well, hey, man, I love you. And I'm proud of everything God's doing in, in, in your ministry. And uh, I got to jump on the next Zoom call. But uh, man, always great connecting with you. All right, brother. All right, dude. Thanks, man. All right, man. Have a we'll good see one. You again. Okay. See you, buddy. Thanks for stopping by today. We hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and to be on the lookout for more podcasts from Fly on the Wall. See you next time.